0: plex 107.1 and the donut liquor
1: are we over that now no
0: no we're that not That was over.
1: so two months ago <laughs> it
0: was five years ago remember we looked it up it was 2015 the oh, donut yeah, well, liquor that's
1: so five years ago it's so 2015 stop it
0: no she's the donut liquor she'll always be the donut liquor just like okay. you know just like president uh, trump will always be uh, the orange president you know nobody can change that they
1: haven't been making them very orange lately I, you know what's
0: funny you should mention that because of the fact that when they had the debate and the next morning they had like the you know the are actually you know leading up to the debate they had the pictures of the two candidates side by side you know they have them on the websites you know t- uh, you know a, a, a two frame they look pretty yeah. much the same skin color you know what i mean he didn't look. He, you know, they. You know, I, mean, I don't know. Maybe Joe Biden's using the orange stuff. Maybe that's why they look the same. I don't know. Who knows?
1: No, I, I don't think that. Who knows? I think that um, he just finally got some good makeup people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's what it is. So he, he, he stopped. You know, can, can I ask you a question? And, you know, maybe because I'm an old guy, I'm 85 now, so, you know, it's tough for me to, uh, you know, keep up on the current trends. But, you know, for a while, the spray tans were all the big thing. Is that still, like, as huge as it used to be? Do you know people that do the spray tan?
1: It's I do know people. Matter of fact, one of our clients, Glow Beauty and Tan, they have a thriving business.
0: Well, I, I was just curious because, you know, for a while that was like huge because it was a new product. You know what I mean? It was a new product. And we're going like, whoa. Yeah.
1: It's still huge when it comes down to prom or weddings. Huh, interesting. Or.
0: Well, I, I, quite honestly, if you're going to get the tan, to me, that makes more sense because, you know, there's so much that's come out about melanoma and, you know, all the different things oh, that you yeah. get with, with exposure to, obviously, the natural sun and then and artificial then sunlight. And there's people
1: that sit there and use a soldering iron to cut off the little bumps on their head, for, on their face. Can you believe that?
0: Who would do that?
1: I don't know, but I hear it's happening. <laughs> who
0: would do that? And who would have a soldering iron anymore? That's old school. Nobody has soldering iron. a soldering iron. Well, you're old school. That's all there is to it. There's no doubt about the fact that you're old school. I mean, that's all there is to it. Uh, man, i tell you what. Has this been, you know, once again, <laughs> this whole year has just been crazy, 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 crazy.
1: It really has. You it, know, it has been a year. We've pivoted. And now we're adapting.
0: The president and his wife come down with the, 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 the Charlie 1-9 virus, uh, you know, and yesterday, I, and quite honestly, I'm scratching my head on this one. I mean, you know, if you know what happened yesterday, he does a tweet, you know, does a video from his hospital room, and he says, hey, I know my supporters are outside, and I might actually surprise them, and they put him in an SUV, and he drove in front of the hospital. And waved at supporters. I'm thinking to myself, that's sort of cool. Well, then I read the, the press. I mean the press is melting down over this. How terrible Why? is oh they're saying it's terrible that he's exposing himself to the you know to the secret service people and that that he shouldn't be out of the hospital that he should be quarantined he shouldn't be in that. Now that SUV is contaminated and blah 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 blah. I'm going like okay, whatever.
1: You know. That man couldn't win for losing. <laughs> I mean I mean no matter He what, could do everything Completely correct. Well, but I don't. Which I have to say, he's done a fairly decent job. You know the crazy. But thing But everybody has, you know, mess ups. But I mean, he could do. He literally could do no right.
0: Well, the crazy thing about this is, you and I have had experience, unfortunately, with a meeting we went to where a um, Dumbest, and I won't say that even in German because that's nice, not nice. But a guy who, who Uh, thought he might have COVID-19, got the test, and then went to a chamber meeting, okay? We'll just leave it at that. We won't go any further than that. But it's Uh like, okay, now hold on a minute now. If you think you have the virus and you go and you have the test, they tell you right there when you take the test to sort of lay low. Like quarantine yourself until you get the results back. You know what I'm saying? I mean, not supposed, yeah, they do. You're not supposed to be out, you know, you know, shaking hands and you know, and 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 being up close and personal with people at a at a meeting and things like that. And it's like, okay, so you know, you sort of scratch your head over over you know things like that. But yet now the whole thing is if you've seen if you've seen this picture and I've seen it in a couple different places, they're saying that the announcement that. Um, the president made in the Rose Garden of, and by the way, you know we have AOC. Now we have A C B. Have you heard this before? Now she's getting the the, the letters. Amy no. Amy Coney Barrett. Now she's re- being referred to as A C B. So we have AOC, who's what, uh, Andrea uh, Cortesia or Ocasia or whatever her name is, and she's AOC, and now we have ACB. Anyway, at the ACB rollout— Anything
1: like TCB?
0: I don't know. At the ACB uh, Rose Garden thing, there's pictures now that have this one shot that was shot from, like, above— and it's got like the back of the president, and then you see like two big, you know, left side of the, of the audience, and the right side of the audience with the aisle down the middle, and then they show all the people who have, who have tested positive, you know, and they go, okay, look at this, look at this, look at this person sitting here, look at this person sitting here, you know, now everybody around them is gonna come down with it. And the crazy thing about it is that doesn't necessarily happen. You know what I mean? I mean, this goofy virus is like, some people can't figure out how they got it, and other people will go like, "Oh yeah, man, I was I was down at a club and you know we were doing Jello shots and I was you know I was dancing close with all these women." And it's like, okay, we figured that one out. That one's easy. You know, and the rest of them are like, you know, you, you read about these people that have like you know been like quarantined in their house and then they come like there's this bizarre story in New Zealand. Did we talk about this last week? Have you heard this story out of New Zealand? I don't think so. New Zealand, an island, you know locked itself down, nobody in, nobody out. They completely shut it down, okay? And they got like the cases down to like zero. Then one whole family got it, you know, who who once again had quarantined themselves, like five or six members of the family. Now they're thinking it was frozen seafood that they ate that came from another country. I'm going like, okay, so now we're not gonna have frozen seafood,
1: you know? I mean, it's like, where does it stop, right? I no? didn't. I didn't even hear that. that oh yeah, it's never going to stop.
0: Yeah, yeah bizarre stuff. And by the way, Cardinals. I don't know if you saw this or not. Over the weekend, Friday night, got eliminated. You know. And what's interesting to me is, you listen to the sports stations, and all the sports guys are go. Well, you know, hey, we we just tromp over those San Diego Padres, and they give all the you know, like in '85 we beat them in two games in the in the playoff, and '92 we beat them in three games, and '96 we trumped them in two and. 2001 we beat them i don't know i'm just making up the dates but i heard one of the sports guys running this down and he's going like hey man it's on to the second round of the playoffs for the st louis cardinals yeah right there was a problem with that that when they actually played the game <laughs> san diego won two and we won one and we're out of it so we had the blues out of it the playoffs cardinals out of the playoffs
1: did you really think that they gave it they're all half of them have covid no they don't
0: they, they the players? No, they, the Cardinals have been—they had problems for a while, but that's over with. That's done. That's behind them.
1: Oh, I'm sorry, I missed that memo. Yeah, they're, they're, because it just seemed to be getting worse and worse and no, worse.
0: No, no, no. They had problems for a while, but but the football thing's getting funky. I mean, they they canceled the Kansas City Chiefs game yesterday because Cam Newton, the new whiz bang quarterback of the uh, the New England Patriots, tested positive. So I mean, you know, it just once again, you know, here here's here's my suggestion. Okay, and I know people are going to be upset with this we just have every city has a big old party and the Uh federal government buys lots of booze and lots of food and everybody shows up at this one party and you're supposed to like rub up against each other and talk each other's mouth you know in each other's face with no mask on and then you know half the population will get it and we'll be done with it what do you think
1: I think there's probably a lot of truth to that <laughs> I mean, that's it'll what be, I think.
0: it'll be over and done with As a matter of fact i heard i heard a doctor yesterday giving the death
1: actually has a name what you just mentioned yeah yeah it's called it does it's called you stu- know where what you know where you you sit like with the measles you get all your kids in one room expose 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 so they can all get the measles and get over with it at one time
0: it's called crazy stuff that's what it's called no, uh,
1: it, there's an actual technical name well, for
0: that. I heard a doctor breaking down the death statistics. And, you know, once again, I know it's not nice to say, quote, statistics, because one of those statistics could be your mother or your father or your brother or sister, whatever. But yeah. the, the statistics for for the death, uh, death statistics of people with COVID-19 under 40 is like 0.01. So it's like 1 one-hundredth of a percent, which is like practically nothing. And then you bump it up to like... 40 to 60 it's like point 0.1. and then 65 plus uh it's still like 0.4 or something like that but of that 0.4, you know the majority of those people you know uh six percent of those 0.4 four didn't have a core cor- comorbidity in other words they didn't have like heart disease or you know or cancer or something like that and so in other words like 94 percent of the people that die already in bad shape to begin with and once again I don't want to say something about, you know, like, hey, it could be your relative. It could be, you know, someone, it could be you that, you know, that ultimately uh, dies of that. But still, I mean, you know, it's like when we wake up in the morning and we go out and, and, you know, and do our thing during the day and we drive around and we do this, we do that. We expose ourselves to risk. There's a risk that we get killed on the highway. There's a risk that, you know, we walk thank into... Thank you
1: for putting all of this well, out in no, no, in the no, universe, no,
0: but there's Brad. a risk that you walk into an office building and a window falls out and, you know, slices you in half. There's a risk that Again, you're a victim of a, you. of a drive-by shooting. Okay, we get the risk. Your risk that you get hit in the head with a meteorite. You know, I mean, there's all sorts of crazy stuff. There
1: you know, is all sorts of crazy risk. And anyway, um, what you're calling the smartest woman in the world, she let me know that it was called the herd... The herd... The humi- hu- Okay. Immunity, right? Or I was called. I I always thought it was called the herd mentality.
0: Well, there is a herd mentality of, of you know everybody just doing the same thing. They call that also oh, being okay.
1: So this is called herd immunity.
0: They they also call that being a lemming, but that's a whole other story. But I can tell being you,
1: being a what? A lemming.
0: You know what a lemming is?
1: It's it's a fruit.
0: No 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 no. It's an animal. What? You don't know about you ever heard that thing about being a lemming?
1: A lemming?
0: Leming, Lemming. We'll talk about it the next break. But here's 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 how here's how we could get the whole here's here's how we get it all fixed. If if we had just one person, all we need is one person to go around the country and just do one thing and it all be over. And you know what that one person? You know who that one person is? Who? Well I won't say who he is, but this is all he'd have to do. He'd just walk up to you and he'd just come real close to you and he'd Bend down and whisper in my ear. And everything would be fine. Yeah,
1: Uncle Joe would do that. <laughs> it's 640. If all of the kings had their queens on the throne, we would pop champagne and raise our toes to queens... Westplex 107.1. We're the new station for the Westplex. You know, O'Fallon, St. Charles, St. Peter's, Wentzville, Lake St. Louis, Weldon Spring, and Darden.
0: Westplex 107.1. You know what my goal in life is, Shelly?
1: To mess with me every day.
0: No, that's one of them. But <laughs> my, mm-hmm. my other goal. Oh, we
1: have dual goals. Yeah,
0: my other goal in life is to uh, go to uh, Hollywood and uh, get in the record business and be a professional hand clapper, like you know, in that song, like at the hand claps, and I want to be a professional hand clapper, and I want to be listed on on you know on the credits that you know Brad hand clapping. You don't think?
1: You know, I think that there's probably a job for that. <laughs>
0: No, it's all.
1: There's it, a job. There's hand models that do that.
0: Well, it's all now. It's, you know, God, I, I'm gonna say something, but yesterday I'm in a parking lot, and a guy pulls up to me, you know, and I don't know if this ever happens to you. Uh, usually happens at the one uh, quickie mart that I go to. Guy pulls up, and of course he's got to play his radio far the entire, everybody out the gas pumps plus. The people within a four-mile radius, right? And
1: yeah, I'm kind of guilty of that. But go on.
0: And he's got the he's got the subs in his car, you know, he's got the big bass, you know, the kickers, whatever you got in the back. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And
0: he's playing this one song, and I'm just sort of like closing my eyes. I'm sitting there for a minute, closing my eyes, thinking, okay, that is one, four-measure. Um, you know, soundtrack just repeated time after time after time after time. In other words, you know, it's just like somebody just looped four measures. They took four bars, and it's a guy rapping. And I'm going to myself, man, I can do that. (laughs) I mean, I can, you know, because you can buy these things. We talked about this guy who's like now a millionaire. His name is, I don't know what his real name is. can't remember his real name. But he goes by Illmind, I-L-L-M-I-N-D and if you of course, he does well, that's what his name is i mean that's what he goes by that's his you know and if you go on the web i'll find it right now and if you go to if all you have to do is just search illmind and you can it comes up uh, his real name is ramon abanga junior uh he's a filipino american record producer songwriter and educator now okay now all you have to do is you just go on his website and you buy his little packs and it's like packs of like you can buy like the drum pack, and all it is is like a snare drum, you know, like boonk, boonk. and then there's like a hi hat, you know, stuff like that. It's all these little things, and people buy this from him, and that's how they make music. They don't, they don't ever have anybody's studio. They don't have any musicians. They don't have anything. They just buy Ill Minds packs. And they just take it all and they use Pro Tools uh, and they essentially just, you know, put all the stuff together. I'm trying to find his ill mine. Here's Illmind. His actual is web. Is
1: Pro Tools um, a professional thing or is it like.
0: Audacity. Well, we use. Uh, see, it's gotten to the point where audio production has gone essentially in two different directions. Is most people use uh, not Audacity? They use Audition, Adobe Audition, and that's usually the people who are non-music kind of people, like you and me. We use we use Audition for like putting together commercials and things like that. Pro Tools is pretty much come to become the de facto standard in recording music, and it's also used. In uh, motion picture production as well too, and it's if if you look at Pro Tools and Adobe Audition side by side, I know we're getting really in the weeds here. They're very very similar in in the way they operate in the whole bit. Uh, and here's let me think here it's a fine things. Ill mind of Hospen, uh, Ill mind packs, and if you go to his website, yeah here we go. He's called, it's called it Blab Kits. That's remember, I couldn't remember what it was called. Blab Kits, B-L-A-P, Blab Kits, blabkits.com. And, you know, it's funny because right on the front it says, as seen on NBC and Forbes magazine. And for example, right now, here's a bundle deal. You can buy the drum kits and shop now. So if you buy the drum kits, the drum kits is uh, the black box bundle. The black box bundle gives you every kit in one pack. It used to be $1,750, now it's $125. How about the All Drum Kits bundle? And it used to be $800, now it's just $89. Or how about the All Sample Loops bundle? Uh, And it used to be $800, now it's just $89.99. And it's just... It's just him in a room like beating on a drum playing the cymbals you know got a couple little riffs on the synthesizer <laughs> and people just buy these things and they just put together they just put a bunch of these things together and they turn and they're they're you know musician and I'm going like okay what happened to the good old days where where you had like you know the incredible studio musicians you know like what they call the wrecking crew you know you ever heard of the wrecking crew you know what I'm talking about? I do not. It was a group. Is that like
1: the um, what is that called?
0: No, it was a group of studio musicians in the 60s and 70s who were like on like every other record. There was a one guy who played the drums, and there was another guy. And if you go back and watch, um, house band, isn't that what it's called? No, 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 no. These guys, it wasn't a house band. These guys were they were st- they were session musicians. They were just hired to come in and do. You know, a drummer came in and did his drum track, and and there was like there was one there was a bunch of guys that were on almost all these records. And if you go back and look, like for example, the Beach Boys were famous for this because the Beach Boys didn't really play their instruments that much on the records. They usually had uh, their whole thing was they. Came Came in and did all the vocals, but they hired all these musicians to come in, and they and this group of guys was like an informal group of guys and gals, or a few women in there, called the Wrecking Crew, and they were on like you know, go if you go back in the day, and you pull like random if you say like okay, nineteen sixty nine, uh, August fifth, nineteen sixty nine, and you pulled the top forty list, the songs that were like in the top forty on that particular day there's a good chance that probably 10 or 12 of them had the same musicians on it, even though they were all different you know, artists, uh, but they had the same group of musicians. And that's why a lot of times when these groups go on tour... You know the people who recorded the music are not the people who are on stage because the studio musicians are sitting back in Nashville and L.A. They don't tour. You know they go home every night, sleep in their own bed. They got a good gig. They show up in the morning and play their guitar, and they're extremely talented. Don't get me wrong. You know, but yet uh, there's another group of musicians that travel on the road. You know, but anyway, you know the deal with like Ill Mind is, and and I've I've heard the interview with the guy. He was on NPR, and he was on um, I think he was on. um, what do they call it? Um, uh, the guy does a show where, where essentially, it's like he he chronicles business people who have done very well, and and uh, this mind guy. When they interview him, he talked about how, like, for two years, all he did was his parents were we upset with him because he just locked himself in his bedroom or no, I think he lived in his basement, his parents' house and he would just record this stuff and they're going like his dad would go, you're crazy. What are you doing? You're playing, you're whacking on a drum and you're trying to make money on that. Well, anyway, he started making money on this and now he's like, like a gazillionaire and all he does is he sells these things, Blap Blapkits, B-L-A-P-K-I-T-S, Blapkits.com. Go check it out. Are you fascinated?
1: I am. Why don't we have him on our station?
0: Oh, we do. We've wow. got like we've got the boink kit, you know the like the boink kit. Like if you want boinks, doink. You've got uh-huh. doinks, and if you want smart people saying things, you do things like. They'd actually breathe in my nostrils to make me move to get get me moving. And if you, and then you've got.
1: What does the fox say? You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words, and yet I'm one of the lucky ones. <laughs> Yeah, still love that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, And
1: bread is growing on me, surprisingly enough. You like her? No.
0: Oh, okay. (laughs) It's 7 o'clock. Westplex 107.1. It is BS in the morning. I'm Shelly. She is bread. You know what? There's a frost warning out right now. Can you believe that, Shelly? There
1: was a frost warning out at 2 o'clock this morning. I know.
0: It's crazy. I didn't have you up there for a minute. What did you say? Say that again, what you said.
1: I said there was a frost warning this morning at 2 o'clock.
0: I didn't think I heard you. Just one more time.
1: I'm not going to repeat it. (laughs) You're fine.
0: Okay. Um, We do some stuff here at the radio station that we try to help out people. Um, And... This has been such a buzzkill, all these things getting canceled and things like that. And we've done advertising for the Greater St. Charles Chamber of Commerce for several years now, uh, mainly to do the Christmas traditions where we have Jack Frost. We have him on the air once a week, and he's always so much fun. And, and Christmas traditions got to be such a big thing. Well, now, hard to believe this is the fifth anniversary of the Legends and Lanterns, which is sort of a similar kind of event uh, down on Main Street in St. Charles. Well, the problem is... The COVID deal. So I'm going to play this commercial, and not that it's me on the commercial, but I just want to play the commercial, and I'm thinking to myself, when I got the copy to record this commercial, I thought to myself, at first they were talking about, well, they're going to cancel Legends of Lanterns and they're going to cancel Christmas traditions. Well, the Greater St. Charles uh, Chamber of Commerce or Convention and Visitors Bureau, CVB, and the city of St. Charles worked this out. And I think this is a really good compromise. So I'm going to play this commercial. You ready? Here we go. I'm going to play it right now, and then we'll talk about it afterwards, okay? Okay. Here we go. Come to St. Charles this weekend for legends and lanterns on historic Main Street. This year, as we commemorate our fifth season, our merry band of misfits have come face to face with their most dastardly foe yet, the plague. The effects of this curse have permeated every corner of the globe, and our historic Hamlet is no exception. But rest assured, our kooky troop of Halloween legends have assembled to provide a memorable and safe experience for you. Their ghoulish antics will allow you to forget the troubles of the real world as they welcome you to the fantasy realm where witches reside in candy cottages, talking wolves dressed like grannies, and the only thing you have to fear is an unexpected encounter with the headless horseman. Join us for a festival that is a little silly, a little macabre, but all fun. We thank you in advance for social distancing, wearing a mask, and giving our legends room to play. For more information, visit legendsandlanterns.com. So it goes on uh, with some modifications, and I think the copy was very well written. They're talking about, I you know, give, give the, the characters a <laughs> little room. Don't be up on their face. Wear your mask. Uh, and the idea being is that to a certain extent, uh, the whole COVID-19 thing sort of plays into, and I know maybe in a, in a weird way, but sort of the Legends and Lanterns thing, because it's a plague. You know, I mean, you always read these crazy, stupid stories about, you know, back in the in the middle, you know, in the Middle Ages, and a plague took over the world and killed half the people in Europe and things like that. And yeah, obviously, we never want anything like that to happen. But to a certain extent, I thought it was, you know, well done. And uh, the other reason I played it was because, you know why? <laughs> what? I put the Wilhelm scream in there. <laughs>
1: uh, did you? You didn't hear the it? The Legends and Lanterns commercial? You didn't hear it? I I didn't. I was concentrating on the words. Oh, my God. Hold on
0: a minute. Hold on a minute. I'll play the first big Here we go again. That's come so to St. Charles funny. this Did weekend that. for Legends and Lanterns on historic Main Street. This year, as we commemorate our fifth season, our merry band of misfits have come face-to-face with their most dastardly foe yet, the plague. Ah! The effects of... Oh, you,
1: I heard it. <laughs> you yes. missed
0: that? Come on. I got, you know, come on, I got to put the Wilhelm scream in as many commercials now. Now that you and I have talked about the Wilhelm scream, which has been in practically every Star Wars movie. And if you go on to uh, YouTube and you just Google or you just uh, search uh, Wilhelm scream, there's a couple of uh, videos up that have like, you know, cut after cut after cut, you know, from movies where there's action scenes and you hear the Wilhelm scream. So, anyway, that's, that's too that. Fun. Okay. Um, over the weekend. And you know I I'm I'm just a nerd when it comes to this kind of stuff. Um, over the weekend, I found this at what I found thought to be an absolutely positively fascinating article on Jimmy Stewart. Okay, and I think Jimmy Stewart. You mentioned some of these actors from the '30s, '40s, and '50s, and some people he was go a gentleman like,
1: "Gentleman from the bygone era."
0: Well, but I
1: think almost everybody
0: knows him. Because of the fact that he's in "It's a Wonderful Life,"
1: Wonderful Life, yes, right,
0: which is you know usually played around Christmas time, and you know, obviously the people our age and the older people, uh, you know, have seen it gazillion times. But it's one of those movies that usually somebody in a household, you know, plays, and the you know, and and it's, and it's you know, the kids watch it in the whole bit. Okay, so Jimmy Stewart was in that movie. Okay, I found this article on Jimmy Stewart, which I found fascinating. Because, and and after I read parts of this article, I'm going to ask you a question, okay? Here we go. In 1940, Jimmy Stewart was drafted in the United States Army, but ended up being rejected due to being five pounds under the required weight. Given his height, at the time he weighed 143 pounds. Not to be dissuaded, Stewart then sought out the help of Don Loomis, who was known to be able to help people add or subtract pounds. Once he gained a little weight, he enlisted with the Army Air Corps in March of 1941 and was eventually accepted once he convinced the enlisting officer to rerun the tests. Initially, Stewart was given the rank of private. By the time he had completed training, he had advanced to the rank of second lieutenant. This was in January '42. Much to his ch- chagrin, due to his celebrity status and extensive flight experience, and he already had over 400 flight hours, which back then was sort of uncommon. A lot of you know individuals didn't necessarily fly planes. You know, he had money, so he could. Uh, Stewart was initially assigned to various behind-the-lines types of duties, such as training pilots and making promotional films in the states, because he was a big movie star. Eventually, when he realized they were not going to ever put him in the front line, he appealed to his commanding officer and managed to get himself assigned to an overseas unit. In August of 1943, he found himself with the 703rd Bombardment Squadron, initially as a first officer and shortly thereafter as captain. So he he goes from private to second lieutenant to captain. During combat operations over Germany, Stewart found himself promoted to the rank of major During this time, Stuart participated in several uncounted missions into Nazi-occupied Europe, flying his B-24 bomber in the lead position of his group in order to inspire his troops. So he was like the guy flying the first plane in. For his bravery during these missions, he twice received the Distinguished Flying Cross, three times received the Air Medal, and once received the Croix, the Croix de Guerre from France. Can't pronounce that. This later medal was an award given by France and Belgium to individual allied with themselves. By July of 1944, Stuart was promoted Chief of Staff to the 2nd Combat Bombardment Wing of the 8th Air Force. Shortly thereafter, he was promoted to the rank of Colonel. Becoming one of the only handful of American soldiers to ever rise from private to colonel within four years, so he goes from private to colonel in four years. After the war, Sturt was an active part of the United States Armed, uh, Air Force Reserve, serving as the reserve commander in Dobbins Air Reserve Base. On July 24, 1955, excuse me, 59, he attained the rank of brigadier general, a one-star general. Now, get this: during the Vietnam War, he flew combat missions on a B-52. Can you believe this? And he finally retired from the Air Force on May 31st, 1968, after 20 years of service, and was subsequently promoted to Major General, a two-star general. Did you know that about him?
1: I did not. And, and much like people of that era, they didn't talk about that kind but, of stuff. But I'm going like Have here, you ever noticed that?
0: Well, but here's a guy, you know, because at the time he was a movie star back in the in the in the 30s. And, you know, and he could have just stayed here in the United States and done, you know, like, you know, promotional films and things like that. Like, quite honestly, a lot of the actors did. This guy put himself in combat. And, and, you know, I'm thinking to myself, and I'm not trying to be a jerk about this, but I'm thinking to myself, let's go through the rank of the movie stars right now. And let's say... Uh, something bad happened and we needed a lot of men and, and women to you know, go fight war somewhere. And I hope that doesn't happen. But let's say for the sake of argument did. Let's go through the rank of the movie stars and think, okay do you think he'd volunteer for service? Do you think he'd volunteer? You know what I mean? I mean and you go back to this period back in the in the 40s where you had all these and like you go through the situation with like you know, like you know ball players you know all these you know baseball players they you know they stopped you know playing baseball a lot of them signed up remember we read that that uh, bio on Dan Rowan from You know, uh, Rowan and Martin from the Laughing Thing about how the bizarre, you know, like how his life, because, you know, once again, people go, Oh, I've had such a tough life. And he was born, his parents were carnival workers, he was born on a circus train. On the circus train, going from city to city, um, his parents both died when he was 11 years old, became an orphan. Uh, Then uh, he was adopted in a foster home. When he was of age, he left the foster home, hitchhiked to uh, Los Angeles, started working in the movie studios, originally as low roles. uh, ultimately worked his way up. Second World War broke out. He enlisted, became a fighter pilot, shot down twice, (laughs) you know, twice he shot down and... Then he goes on after the war, goes back to L.A., and becomes a big star. I'm going like, okay, now hold it. Don't tell me about your problems that, you know, you grew up in, you know, a a poor area and things didn't go well for you. How in the world can people like this who, you know, who, you know, had like a terrible childhood, you know, his parents both died. He was an orphan. He was thrown into an orphanage. Then he was a, you know, foster child. How do they rise to where they're at?
1: Because so many times... Sheared... Well, uh, tenacity and determination.
0: I mean, so many times you, you hear stories, people talk, well, you know, I've had a real rough life. My mom and dad fought all the time. And, you know, my sister, my sister got to be, she was a drunk. And, you know, I'm going, OK, so I get it. Things weren't great. But, you know, are you using that as an excuse? You know, and and once again, I'm not trying to make fun of people, but I guess it's our media nowadays that you hear, you know, and, and not only that, people talk about you're discriminated against this, you're discriminated because you're, uh, you know, a Latino or a black or something like that. And yet you see these Latinos and blacks who have risen to, you know, you know tremendous heights, tremendous success. How do they do it? You know, I mean like talk about like in even in the St. Louis area. They work hard. Well, but but in the St. Louis area there are some as we know, there are some school districts which are not the best school districts. And then there are other school districts which were are really good school districts, okay? So obviously you got kids coming out of the really good school districts who do well, but you got kids that come out of the not so good and the crappy school districts who also do well. Why is that? How did well, you know what's 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 the deal? Explain that. You know what I mean? I just just sort of drives me nuts sometimes that people complain it's about It's
1: just what goes on behind these people's closed doors. You know, you never know what's going going on in a, another person's pair of mismatched socks.
0: Yeah, but I believe that what it comes down to is it's, you know, we've gotten in this thing where, you know, um, I, I'm well, I won't go there because I get myself in trouble talking about NPR and KWMU again. And by the way, my, 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 uh, my, uh, uh, campaign of defunding kwmu is 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 getting me some negative feedback now so maybe i've started to make some waves in that i'm i'm trying to defund kwmu because of the fact that they have all these problems over there in their news department second time they've thrown a general manager out because you know the news department doesn't like him and 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 matter of fact the the current news people called him a white supremacist and i'm going like okay this is our tax dollars Why do we need KWMU? You know, just turn the transmitter off and just save that money for something else. Give it to the State Highway Patrol. I thought you
1: weren't going to talk about it anymore, Brad.
0: I'm not going to talk about it anymore. I'm not going to say anything about defunding KWMU and about it's a waste of money and NPR and, you know, the fact that when they built the new NPR headquarters in Washington, D.C. with taxpayer money, you're my money, Corporation for Public Broadcasting, they put in a chef's kitchen. They hired two chefs to cook for the NPR people. I'm not going to say anything about that.
1: Okay, so I'm so glad that you've refrained <laughs> from uh, speaking your heart and your mind about that issue. Let's move on.
0: Shelly, it bothers me that as broadcasters, so many of us in the radio business, and even the TV business, it's gotten tough. and there have been It a has lot, gotten tough. There have been a lot of layoffs, A lot of people have lost their jobs. iHeart just announced that a lot of the people who were furloughed uh, back in March and April due to the COVID-19 thing, well, there's no more job. They're essentially being let go. Um, you know, uh, everybody's gotten, you know, you know the budgets have gotten tight. Everybody's working harder, putting in more hours, doing less with more. And yet you got these fat cat, KWM, you know, KWMU, St. Louis Public Radio people who are complaining and moaning and groaning. and oh, we don't have our, we don't have a dedicated parking space. We, we don't, they don't give us new headphones. I'm going, come on, give me a break.
1: Hashtag first rule problems. Oh, look, it's
0: 723. Westplex 107.1. Uh, Ah, Yes, I do still like that song. One of my favorites. 7.32. Good morning. It is BS in the morning. I'm Shelly. She is Brad. And you know what? Sometimes I just can't shut her up. She just wants to talk.
1: That we should be called Cougars anymore. I think we should be called Panthers.
0: And yesterday, I don't know if you saw this or not. Uh, Shelly is actually a TV or a football expert. She was on several of the TV shows yesterday, the pregame shows. And when they said, "Now, Shelley, what would you do in this position?" and she said,
1: "Draw back two and punt."
0: Yes, uh, that's what she would do. And now, and and to the point where, uh, you know, one day I couldn't, I couldn't have uh, Shelly on. It was just me. And um, that turned out to be the day that we had a a nationally known radio program director who was going to take a listen to the show. And so I sent him what we call an air check, which is just like recording the show. And this was without Shelly. And when I got his comments, he he records comments and sends them back to you. And uh, this is what he said about the show, minus Shelly. It made me want to heave. So Shelly's got to be along because otherwise the show just sort of sucks, right?
1: Aw, does that mean we're like peas and carrots?
0: It means that. Ain't nobody does that. That's what it means.
1: Okay. (laughs) I love him.
0: I have a story which I found over the weekend, and I'm going like, okay. A Texas woman has been sentenced to 54 months in prison for shoplifting. Okay. 54 months in prison for shoplifting. Okay. You're probably saying, wow, that's sort of a strict sentence for shoplifting, right? Wouldn't you say that?
1: Yeah, those Texans help mess around,
0: though. Well, here's the rest of the story. It's here's
1: est- the rest of the
0: story. It's estimated that she stole $3.8 million worth of stuff from stores and sold it on eBay. She's been doing this for 19 years. She travels around the country. She makes money on selling stolen goods, stolen goods, and eBay. She travels around the country, goes to stores, uh, usually carries a big black one of those uh, cloth shopping bags. Uh, she's figured out how to disable like the little alarms things like that they put on, you know, expensive coats and things like that you find like in the high-end stores. You know, I'm talking about little things that yeah, when you check out, yeah, they yeah. have a machine that. It cuts them off or, or disables them or something like that. Anyway, she's done this for 19 years. She's 63 years old. Um, they figure that, well, they, they don't figure. They know she made $3.8 million over 19 years stealing shoplifting stuff as she drove across the United States and then selling the, um, the merchandise on eBay and other uh, Internet sales sites. And then she shipped it out, U.S. Mail, Federal Express, and United Parcel Service.
1: 3.8 which that in itself is illegal
0: well yeah but three I mean how think about that for a minute okay I mean when you start even over it happened over 19 years okay divide that up okay so in other words if you got here, let me do my little math here real quick you got uh, three eight zero 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 3.8 million divided by 19 she's making two hundred thousand dollars a year. Two hundred thousand dollars a year average selling stolen stuff on on eBay. I mean, I mean, but think about that. I mean, you know what's interesting is you read some of these things online. You see these guys like, hey, you can make money by doing this, and you know, and you can make money by customizing T-shirts and selling them online. Okay, that's hard work. You know, I mean, it's it's to the point where, and I'm a guy that. Here we go again, you know, I got over the weekend, God I got accused that just ticked me off. I had somebody who called me, what was the exact phrase, they called me an environmental enemy. <laughs>
1: Like, Why you're a tree hugger? Oh no!
0: I'm thinking to myself. Okay, I recycle stuff. Matter of fact, just Friday I went to my favorite recycling place down there in Valley Park, who will never do any advertising with me, but they're always very nice about it. And they know me by name. I mean, how, you know, how you know you know when you've been to a place a while and you've recycled a lot of stuff when they know you by name. When they drive, oh hi, Brad. You know, I drive my truck in. You drive into the building, and I had a bunch of aluminum cans and I had some scrap pieces of aluminum and I had a couple pieces of guttering that I took down and replaced with some PVC stuff. And I'm going like, okay, I take some of our old equipment, which, you know, has uh, served its life for us. And for us, when I say served its life, it's usually dead when we get done with it. And I put it on eBay to sell it for parts. And normally, you know, I stuck. this is my little thing. I, I I, I have my junk determination. I don't know if I've ever told you this or not. If I have something, if I put it on eBay for a dollar, and nobody bids on it, then it's junk. You know, then it goes to the recycling center. But rarely does that ever happen. I mean, in the past, I've had things I've put on pieces of equipment that you know I you know I'm not I'm trying to fool everybody. I put right in the listing: this equipment is not functional. You know, for parts only. And I've had stuff I put on there for for a dollar. Sometimes sells for two and three hundred bucks because people buy it for parts or to fix it up or stuff like that. But you know, but once again, you take the pictures. You gotta put the listing up there. It takes you a while to take the pictures, then you gotta crop the pictures, and then you you know, put the listing up and then you, you know, put it up there and then you have to package yeah, but if it that's up. That's your
1: only job. It's it's no it's a no it yeah, doesn't but, take a whole lot of time at all. No, 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 no,
0: no. Talk to somebody who does this full time. I mean, it's not like you work an hour a day and you make two hundred thousand dollars a year. I mean, it's a job. I mean, I go to the post office, I see these people come in with, you know, like, you know, I don't know what they're selling, but I see them come in with like, you know, you know, you know, like sometimes they come in with like two wheelers just stacked with boxes. And they drop them off at the post office for shipping. And I'm going like, okay. And I've talked to a couple of people. Hey, what do you do? Oh, eBay out of my house. Oh, really? What do you sell? Oh, I go to garage sales and stuff like that. And I buy this and that, buy collectibles and things like that. And then I put them on eBay or I do some handcrafts and I do it on SD and things like that. You know, once again, it takes time. And anytime everybody goes, oh, wow, you too can make lots of money on eBay. It's hard work.
1: You know what I mean? It is. It's yes, not,
0: it is. It's not like, you know, this stuff just takes its own picture and writes its own thing and packs its own self and drives itself to the post office. Or, you know, I know some people have pickup and stuff like that. But, you know, but but I, I read the story and I thought to myself, okay, if she's stealing stuff out of stores, $3.8 million over 19 years, okay? I mean, unless she's st- stealing real high-end stuff like you know expensive leather jackets and I mean like you know you go to nice women's stores. I mean like like if you were going to buy like like a dress, what would like it, it, uh, to you what would be like an expensive dress three four five hundred dollars something like that? Yes. Okay. So, and if you stole a dress like that and you put it on eBay and you sold it for two hundred bucks, still. You know, to make two hundred thousand dollars a year, you figure two hundred thousand dollars a year. You divide that by fifty-two. That means you got to make almost four thousand dollars a week. Uh, that's a lot of stealing, and that's a lot of selling.
1: You know what I mean? But if you if you break it up over nineteen years, it's it's not that. Much. Three
0: point eight million dollars. <laughs> most people don't. Over
1: nineteen years.
0: Shelley, most people don't make three point eight million dollars in their lifetime. If they started working at sixteen and they work till they're sixty-five, there's a lot of people who will never make that kind of money. Matter of fact, probably the majority of the population, in the United States. If you figure here, do this. You figure if somebody's making, let's say, let's say fifty thousand dollars a year. Okay, fifty thousand dollars a year, and they work thirty years. Okay, that's only one point five million dollars. You know, and 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 let's say they let's say that same person's making fifty, and you know that's a lot. Let's say somebody's making thirty thousand a year, and they work forty years. Okay, uh, that's one point two million dollars. Okay, this gal made almost four million dollars in nineteen years. I mean, that's that's some serious money. So anyway, she's going to jail for fifty-four months, and once again, mainly because of the fact that. Not necessarily for, I mean, you know, shoplifting because the stores, you know, they probably don't know who she is and they can't prosecute her. But why is she going to jail? Because she, she got caught. No, because she, she used the postal service, which is mail fraud,
1: you know? Yeah. she yeah, used I the postal service. Right,
0: the mail, say, Fred at FedEx and UPS. I'm, you know, I, I'm thinking to myself, what am I doing wrong? You know? I mean <laughs> you and I are here every morning, then we work during the day. I'm thinking to myself, there's gotta be an easier way. Maybe I could just steal stuff all day long, you know? No, that's you don't that's think? not the way. No, that's not uh-uh. the way. That's not the not the way. You know, maybe, No,
1: not at all, actually.
0: I okay. <laughs> I've gotten to the point where I don't know if I want to talk about this. Maybe I will. I've gotten to the point where the people who are like on the on the side on the highway when you know you come off the off ramp and they're down there you know you know panhandling money yeah i give them money and i give them money and i ask them matter of fact there was a lady at the post office the other day and it was bizarre the lady said to me i need five dollars to have my cell phone turned back on and i said it's only five dollars? I wish it only cost me five dollars that my cell phone turned on after they turn it off. So then she launches into this explanation of how how the courts are discriminated against her because of the fact that that she's got a case against her ex-husband And he took all their savings, and he left with another woman, and that's why she's at the post office trying to get $5 to have her cell phone turned back on. Okay, And then it turns into a discussion in religion, and she gives me some Bible passages to read, which, believe it or not, I wrote down, I went back, and I read them, which was sort of interesting because they made no sense to what she was talking about. But anyway, guy at the highway the other day. Okay, I see him there all the time. One particular exit, I get off quite a bit, and I give him 5 bucks, And I said to the guy, I said, can I ask you a really nosy question? Yeah, yeah, what? I go, how much money do you make? He says, on good days, I can make $150, $200. (laughs) I'm going like... I, and there you have it. What am I doing running the radio station? I mean, I could be out on the highway, you know, you know, you know, and you know, not having to worry about you know keeping transmitters on the air and you know going talking to clients and selling ads and stuff like that. I mean, I could make 150, 200 bucks a day. You know, you figure, okay, you make 200 dollars a day. That's times five. That's a thousand dollars a week. Times 52. That's 52k a year. Okay tax-free. You don't have to file income tax. You don't have to pay Social Security. You don't have to do anything. And it's all cash. I'm going like, man, what's wrong with my life? See, you got mad when I was when I told you I was going to go do that. I was going to go panhandle. Yes, I did. <laughs> and you got all upset about that. I uh,
1: absolutely did.
0: I'm telling you, ever since I saw that 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 episode with 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 uh with um, Dr. Phil where they had the guy, you know, panhandling, you know, and they it was one of their producers and at the end of the episode Phil comes on and says, "And that was our our guy Joe, who's our producer." And we just want you to know that he did collect $357, you know, panhandling for three hours out in a strip in Las Vegas, and we donated it to charity. I'm thinking to myself, okay, $357, three hours work, I'm there. I'm going to Las Vegas. I'm gonna be a panhandler, right?
1: We all can aspire aspire to be something that we're not. Oh look, it's seven forty four.
0: Westplex one oh seven point one. I've always liked that song, John McLaughlin beating my heart. Morning T seven fifty four. It is BS in the morning. I'm Shelley. She's Brad. Together we are BS and unabashedly proud of that, right?
1: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> Although it's Shelly the one that's usually most of the BS. I usually tell all the true stuff and never tell uh-huh. any never tell yeah. any tall tales, stuff like that. That in um,
1: itself is BS in itself. That just goes to show Who's the B and who's the S?
0: There we go. I signed up. I have the app on my phone now, uh, and I haven't done anything with it yet. I just watch various things, but I've, I've signed up for Robinhood. You familiar with this app?
1: I have not. This is the is app. Is it another time suck like TikTok?
0: No, 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 no. This is advertised heavily on, on TikTok, but what it is is it's an investment app, and it's aimed at the younger generation. Essentially, the uh, what are they? The, the Zs, the Qs, whatever they are, the, the 18, the... 18 to 34s or something right now. And essentially what it allows you to do, it allows you to invest in companies, buy stock, but you don't have to buy full shares. So in other words, usually, um, you know, if you, you know, get a stockbroker, Charles Schwab, you know, Edward Jones, you have to buy, usually blocks of stock. And, you know, once again, when Tesla at one point in time was $2,500 a share, aren't too many people who can put in an order for, you know, hundred shares of Tesla. Um, so what, Robinhood does, it does, it allows you to buy stocks fractionally. In other words, you can buy a part of a share. And there have been people criticizing it because of the fact that, like in our own industry, Urban One that owns radio stations here in the St. Louis area, for years, or not for years, but for quite some time, their stock was like a buck, buck fifty. And then all of a sudden, one day, you know, went from a dollar and a half one day to like $45 the next day. And everybody went, what the heck was that? And all the experts were like scratching their heads going, we have no idea why Urban One went from fifty to $45, wherever it was in one day. And it came out that somebody tweeted something and uh, the people on the Robin Hood people picked it up and were like, oh, Urban, Urban One, stock to buy. So a bunch of people went and bought stock and it shot up. So the one that I'm looking at, and the, anyway, there's this article, I get this, this news thing from Esty, the stock that has tripled, in value so far this year. You'll never guess. Etsy. Uh,
1: insurance.
0: Etsy. You know, the. That the,
1: doesn't surprise the, me.
0: The, the, you know, the, the one word. Where-
1: people are trying to make some extra money and they're trying to uh, be craftsy so they don't sit there and be depressed the whole time. Or they do COVID makeovers. Well, they just they, saying they're,
0: they're, the the craft thing has. I you know I guess you're right to a certain extent. People are at home and they're doing stuff and they're selling things and people are buying and you know it's just like just like I heard again over the weekend. I heard a couple of people talking about. If you're in uh, any kind of uh, any work that, that work on people's homes, uh, carpenters and things like that, you can't find a carpenter because everybody's having everything done. You know, they're sitting at home. Um, you know, I told you the story about uh, Dan the Bugman, DNR Pest Control, and I think Jeff Vogelsang saying he's probably had the same thing. Dan the Bug Man told him he's been in business for like 25 years. He says this has been his best year ever because people are home. And with him, when they're home more, what do they notice more? bugs right <laughs> they see oh there's those bugs here at home all the time and they see bugs and so they call Dan the bugman and Dan the bugman comes over and you know kills the bugs you know just like for example like like uh, uh you know people who are carpenters people who do drywall people in the flooring business I heard uh, yeah
1: they were they never shut down
0: there's a local company here some in,
1: of them did though
0: well there's a local company here in St. Louis Mosby Home Interiors whatever it's a big remodeling company you know they've been around for a long time very reputable company I heard one of their people on uh, a national talk show last week uh, talked about how she was afraid that when the when the COVID nineteen thing hit, that she was going to lose her job. That you know that they thought that the you know home remodeling business would go in the toilet. Just the opposite. She says they have yeah, more business yeah, than they want it, to it do. It's tough, crazy, right? And everybody's like, "Well, I'm at home all the time, so I'm going to do this and I'm going to put in a new kitchen and a new bathroom and yeah, I'm ever going to put in you know a couple sliding doors. so We can get out into the patio easier." And I'm going like, "Holy cow!" Why can't they be buying radio, right?
1: <laughs> well, I did my COVID makeover um off marketplace. Listen to you. I did really.
0: Listen to you. Are, are we done for the morning? We got one more break.
1: I think we should have one more break. Seven fifty Monday.
0: Yep, seven fifty nine. Westplex one oh seven point one. When that song ends, that song ends. Eight oh four, good morning. It's BS in the morning. I'm Shelly, she's Brad. Um God, there's all sorts of crazy stuff this morning about the uh, the uh, still the news is filled with all sorts of pro and con about uh, Trump taking his uh, drive in front of Walter Reed Hospital. And the, there's some Secret Service agents claim that he's uh, you know, purposely exposing the Secret Service agents to to uh, all sorts of hazards. OK, you know, the problem I have with that is what? When you're a Secret Service agent for the president, aren't you exposing yourself to all sorts of hazards on a daily basis? Isn't that part of your job? You know what I mean? You know, yes. I mean, you know, I mean, there's they're the ones. If you ever, God, one of my favorite movies, in the Line of Fire. You ever seen this movie? Clint, I have. Clint Eastwood movie, great movie. Yeah,
1: I love him. Where
0: he plays a Secret Service agent and ends up saving the life of the president, which is sort of interesting because the president hates him, and uh, you know he ends up saving the president's life, but. You know, I'm thinking to myself, okay, so I'm reading these things, the secret the president is endangering the lives of the Secret Service agents. That's what they do. You know, what I mean it's like that's you know, I get it that he's exposing them to the coronavirus, but you know what? I mean, to me, on a daily basis if that's the least that the Secret Service agents have to worry about, I'm thinking it's a good day because, you know, people are always trying to, you know, look at all the, the threats. People climb the, you know, the fence at the White House. And, you know, there's all sorts of, you know, situations where, you know, some crazy nut like you've had in the past, where, who was that lady, Squeaky Fromm, that, you know, ran up to President Ford and put a gun in his face and, you know, crazy stuff like that. You know, John Wayne Hinckley, uh, you know, killed. Uh, 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 you know, you uh, know. I mean, it wasn't the president, but uh, you know, Len, uh, uh, John Lennon, um, who was the guy that uh, that shot uh, Reagan. You know, um, uh, you know, in in that. Uh, I don't know. You know, I mean, I mean, you know, and one of the Secret Service agents was was was. I think one or two of them was shot. And his uh, Jim Brady, his press secretary, was shot in the head. I mean, come on. Life's dangerous when you're like a Secret Service agent, you know? I mean, geez louise, anybody who puts on a gun as part of their, you know, their, their uniform on a daily basis, police, um, you know, Secret Service, uh, you know, Border Patrol, um, you know, FBI, CIA, I mean, you know, you don't carry a gun because, you know, you, you like to go target shooting, you know what I'm saying? Although you may like yes. tar- target shooting. Okay, here's the other thing over the weekend. I'm like scratching my head on this one. First off, I'm not a big Twitter guy. I know some people live and die for Twitter, but the big news this weekend was the gay men took over the hashtag of Proud Boys. Do you know this story?
1: Is is that the new uh, Netflix or something that's come out?
0: No, Proud Boys is this group of it's like a, a you know they're like Trump supporters. They're like sort of right wing. You know, they're, they're ones that have been showing up like in Kenosha and Portland, and they're like battling the Antifa people, sometimes literally, but most of the time it's been pretty, pretty, you know, nonviolent. Anyway, they're called the Proud Boys. And over the weekend, a it was an orchestrated event of gay men were supposed to take pictures of themselves with their husbands and things like that and post. Uh, all over Twitter with the, the hash bag, uh, hashtag of Proud Boys, essentially saying that they've taken over the Proud Boys hashtag. That And, and the guy who runs the, the Proud Boys essentially says, hey, no big deal. You know, we don't have any problem with gay people. You know, there's no big deal. I don't know why they're doing it. You know, we're not against gay people. Matter of fact, some of our members are gay. You know, so it's like, uh, but I'm going like, okay, so why is this a story? It's like a big story on a bunch of different sites on CNN. I mean, the headline is headline is is uh, let me read the headline. The headline is, uh, "Gay men have taken over the Proud Boys Twitter hashtag." I'm going, okay, I don't quite get it.
1: Well, they really shouldn't have done that because, I mean, this is their livelihood. Am I right?
0: Whose livelihood? Who are you talking about?
1: The Proud Boys.
0: No, it's just a group. They don't make any money off of this. It's just like you know, it's like a you know, it's like it's like you know, it's like a. Uh, it's like a political party or something like that it's like a subset of a political party it's you know they trust all. trust de-
1: me there's money that's being made
0: i don't know i don't know maybe i mean like the black lives matter i mean you know those people are making buku bucks now because all the corporations are sending money You know, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's, I guess when you really, when you really sort of melt everything down, most things are all about money somehow, some way. Somebody's making money off of it. Look at the Etsy people. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, look at the lady who, who stole, who shoplifted for 19 years and made $3.8 million. I mean, you know, what are you, what, what's wrong with you and I sitting here working? You know, it
1: kind of reminds me of that man that used to go and work, air quotes, over at the St. Louis Zoo parking lot. And he did that for years. What did he do? He worked in the St. Louis City parking. He worked in the zoo parking lot. Doing what? And he would take everybody's money and he would keep it. What and do you he mean? Did, he didn't even work there. He did oh, that. Oh,
0: oh, do you mean you mean his people came into the parking lot? He'd take money like he was the guy who was who was yes. like it was parking. He did that
1: for years.
0: <laughs> how come? Hey, he
1: Lynn, how you doing? How come
0: he didn't get arrested?
1: I don't know. It took him, <laughs> it, it literally, he was doing it for years. So it took him that long to find him.
0: No, come on. Yeah.
1: No. Brad? I'm not the one that BS's. That's you.
0: So so some guy is at the zoo parking lot, and for years he's taking people's money as they pull in the parking lot, and nobody could nail him? I mean, come on. rack. You walk across the street, and there the guy is. Hey, buddy, what are you doing? Oh, I'm taking people's money. Hey, that's illegal. Come with we me. We
1: talked about it years ago on the air. I don't
0: remember. I don't, you and I did? Well. We weren't on the air no, years you've ago. No, you've only let
1: me on the air once before in the morning. I
0: don't. I don't remember what you're talking about. A guy that was taking money at the zoo, and but you know, once again, don't get me going about the zoo. The zoo's on my S list right now. You know, I mean, if you saw this thing that the the you know all the guys, the executives got pay raises, and and you know, and the zoos, you know, and you know, and, and here we go again. Like these these nuts at KWMU are sending like thing. You know, because Brad,
1: leave them alone. Well, who's that? Who, KWMU.
0: What what did I say anything bad about the nuts at KWMU? <laughs> go on. Well, they're they're saying they're saying, well, can you know one guy with Jason Rosenbaum or Bloom, whatever his name is, he's saying, well, now that the people in St. Charles County, because see now you have to you have to get a reservation to go to the zoo. You can't just walk into the zoo, even though it's free, you have to get a reservation. And he's saying that the people should you know that the zoo should say well you're not from st louis city or st louis county so we're going to charge you because you don't pay the zoo museum district okay here's my solution to that charge everybody instead of having all this stupid sales tax crap you know just say okay you know and people like well we're the only zoo in the country that's free yeah so (laughs) you know i don't get that you know it's like charge everybody else does you know, I remember going to the San Diego Zoo years ago, and it was like, I mean, years ago, like when my f- oldest son, before he was born, so that's like 35, 36 years ago, it was like 50 bucks a person. I'm going like, okay, this better be a good zoo for $50 a person, and it was disappointing. Everybody talked about, oh, the San Diego Zoo, it's wonderful, it's great. Overpromise under liver, you know? I mean, that to me, that was like it was like the disappointment of a lifetime, going to San Diego. It's like, okay, this sucks. St. Louis Zoo's better than this, and it's free. But yet, once again, these people complain about stuff, charge, you know. And people, oh, we can't do that. Why not?
1: Well, they do. They charge for parking, which well, is but, but, astronomical.
0: But, but see, here's the goofy thing. It's like Metrolink. People complain about, oh, there are people that don't ride Metrolink. They, they, they don't pay. Well, duh. When, when, you know, how many people when they said when they first started Metrolink and they go, well, there's going to be a voluntary pay system. There's going to be no turnstiles because if you've ever ridden like the New York subway or you've been in like the, you know, the the L in, in Chicago, you know, you got you pay your little token, whatever, and you got the turnstiles you go through. You know, unless you jump the turnstiles, you can't get on for free. Here in St. Louis, I could get off the air. I can drive, you know, uh, over to one of the Metrolink stations, walk on, not pay, you know, you know, ride all day long. Probably never have, you know, never be asked for a ticket. And people go like, well, it's voluntary pay. Okay, what about the people that don't, that don't you know, don't pay? So, you know, and the same thing with the zoo. Well, we can't charge. Why not? Stick a couple turnstiles up there. And what's that cost you to put that up? And charge, you know, charge two bucks. You know, if you get a 1,000 people in every day, $2,000, you know, hey, you know, you just made some money on a thing. I don't I don't understand the whole thing with that. I mean, how many places in the St. Louis area, if you go to the Arch, you have to pay. You go to all these other places. You go to, like, you know, Bush Stadium, you got to pay. Well, you can't go there anymore, but when you could go there, you know. I mean, the, is the aquarium still open because of the fact that the COVID-19 thing? You got to pay the, you know, the the Ferris wheel, you got to pay you know you go to this you go to that you got to pay i don't get why the zoos should be free hey, do you understand that
1: no but it's it's one of it's one of the things that they're branded for they're what now it's one of the things that they're branded for
0: yeah so unbranded you know i mean you know mcdonald's used to be famous why do
1: you want to change everything
0: I, no, here's the the problem I have is that when you get into this regionalism stuff, where it gets to the point where once again, why can't we all be from the St. Louis area? Why does it have to be that I'm from Ladue and you're from Kinlock and I'm better than you because I live in Ladue and you live in Kinlock? Or why is it why is it to the point where you know well where you know like people I've heard these people all the time. Well, you know if you live in St. Charles County, that's urban sprawl. Hey, I got news for you. Kirkwood, Webster Groves, Glendale, Ledoux, U-City, all urban sprawl. Once upon a time, all, you know, I, I read the story recently about Clayton, that the, it was named after the farmer who owned most of the ground. He gave the ground to the county. You know, that's how the county seat ended up there. I mean, like, you know, once upon a time, urban sprawl. There was no people lived in Clayton. It was farmland. You know, once you got west of of Forest Park, there was nothing. You know, it was like the great, you know, I mean, the part of the reason, and if you know your stupid history, part of the reason that St. Louis City is not a part of St. Louis County is because the city people didn't want their money going to those hayseeds, those farmer boys in St. Louis County. Okay, there are a few farmers left in St. Louis County, but not many. You know, there's a couple of them out there still. You know, out, you know, still, there's guys out there farming some farm out there along Wild Horse Creek Road, and you know, certain place in Chesterfield and Wildwood. But for the most part, there's no farmers left in St. Louis County. You know, so anything west of the city limits is urban sprawl. And then you get—I've had—I've had had arguments with people. Well, not Kirkwood. Yes, Kirkwood's urban sprawl. Well, well, what about u City? Urban sprawl. You know, I mean, it's once upon a time. You go. I remember. I took my kids down to the arch years ago, and there was just big map on the the wall down there where you went into the you know to get onto the little things to go up to the top of the arch, and it had a, it had a map of the city of St. Louis and was like eighteen twelve, and there was nothing west of Tucker. That was it. You know, the city of St. Louis was, like, on the south side, it was Shoto. On the north side, it was St. Louis Avenue. On the west side, it was, like, Tucker. And once you got past Tucker, it was, like, it was like you know, trees and, 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 and nothing. You know, it was, like, forest. You know, so, you know, once again, you know, the, and, and people, oh, St. Charles County. Just, like, remember I told you a story, like, my ex-boss, Ron Grubbs, when I first moved to St. Charles County. He said to me, oh, Brad, did you buy a single wide or a double wide?" Okay, okay, Mister Snooty Pants, you know, <laughs> like, you know, I mean, like, I mean, like, and and he used to always say, he used to always say the thing like, he said, this is sort of a joke back in the day, but he'd said when he if he had to go make a sales call in Fenton, he had to put on his white shoes, leisure shirt or leisure suit, and his white belt. That was his joke about people who lived in Fenton, you know, and and where did he live? Well, he lived in. Chesterfield, because he was okay. he was cool, and and if he you lived was in,
1: cool because he lived in Chesterfield. Yeah, if
0: you lived in Fett and you were a Hoosier, if you lived in Jefferson County, you know, you know, you you know, you you you, you wore bib overalls and bare feet. You know what I mean? <laughs>
1: isn't that still true to this day
0: (laughs) that's only in some parts of Jefferson County
1: I mean it's all fun and games until somebody hears a banjo but but see here's what's interesting
0: about it is okay, is that when you leave the St. Louis area when you travel and someone says hey where are you from you don't say Wildwood people go like Wildwood where's that because people outside of St. Louis they don't know where the hell Wildwood is you know, but you say I'm from the St. Louis area, right? You know, so why can't we all be that? Why can't we all be just one old big group of people? Why do we have to have the city and the county get mad at St. Charles County because they don't play pay the zoo museum district tax? You know, charge for the stupid museum. You know, heck, they charge for the city museum, right? Yes, we should charge everybody who listens to this radio station. Right now, we'd make if we charged a dollar a listener. Right now, we'd make.
1: $2. 2
0: bucks. $2 you and me we'd have to pay.
1: <laughs> uh, no, there's a lot more people listening than you think there are. Oh, I don't know who they are. I don't know. Who and they just are. so you know that guy that I was telling about, it wasn't here in St. Louis, it was at the Bristol Zoo in England. Which guy? He worked as a parking t- attendant for 25 years. Oh, I was going to say, oh,
0: so now the truth comes out. It's a fake story. Shelley and fake stories. Oh my God! <laughs> well, well, if you go downtown and park, like for a stadium event, when you to it, you know, you go in some of those lots, you go like, okay, is this guy really the right guy, or is he just taking money? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, think about that for a minute. You know what I'm saying? I do. When you pull into a parking lot, like for like a stadium event, there's a guy there taking your 20 bucks. How do you know who that guy? That guy isn't just some like guy just taking your 20 bucks. You, you don't. Right. He he's not wearing a uniform or anything like that, you know. He doesn't have his official parking dude dude hat on or anything like that. You know, they wear that special hat. They do? Oh yeah, you Is don't. it
1: like is like a little uh, train hat? No conductor hat.
0: It's the special parking dude hat. You don't know what the parking dude hat is? Uh
1: uh-uh.
0: uh. God I had somebody over the weekend. Tell me that, that when they started giving me all these goofy quotes, and I go, What in the world's that far? And they go, The Big Lebowski. I go, I've never seen that movie. And they went,
1: You've never seen the big Lebowski.
0: Nope, never Everybody seen
1: Everybody says that to you. <laughs> it never, must not be a rom com. <laughs> I've
0: never seen that movie either. Dude, dude, you know, I'm the dude. You know, I'm going, Okay, I don't quite understand what that movie's about. But bowling or something like that? Have you I mean is that what it's about? Bowling? I don't know. Oh,
1: just so you know, as a little roundup, so sitting in his villa somewhere on the coast of Spain is a bloke who had been taking the parking lot fees estimated at about $560 per day at the Bristol Zoo for the last 25 years, assuming seven days a week. This amounts to a couple millions. The funny part, nobody even knows his name.
0: I find that hard to believe. I, I just I I don't believe stories like that. That's that's urban legend You
1: stuff. sat there and had a conversation with it on the air.
0: I've never talked. You, I think you're listening to J.C. Corcoran or something like that, because I've never I talked about that. I don't listen to J.C. I'm, I'm going like, I don't talk about it. I've, I've never heard that story before. I listened to KSLQ Originally, you said it was the St. Louis Zoo. Now it turns out it's a well, zoo in I London. I
1: thought it was a St. Louis Zoo because of how I felt back when we, were, back when we discussed this.
0: Well, you know what? You know what I say? I say your story is one of those
1: things that make you go, "Hmm."
0: That's what I say.
1: <laughs> Pretty appropriate.
0: And we're done.
1: <laughs> we're done. Stick a fork in us. We're done. Yay! It's Monday. It's going to be a great week. And uh, don't you think it's going to be a great week, Brad?
0: Oh, man, fantastic.
1: See he even he look how positive he is. Have a great day everybody. This is Shelley. He's Brad. Peace.